Hi, I'm Joy. Hi, I'm Susan. And this is Girlish Gurus. And Susan, why are we here? We are here to start a conversation about female empowerment and the issues facing women our age at this time, and to have some fun along the way. So, let's get started. Okay. Hi. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back to another episode of Girlish Gurus. This episode is going to be a little bit different. Joy and I are both book lovers and writers. And so we've decided that every so often we're going to record an episode about some of our very favorite books and talk to you about why we love them so much. And hopefully it will allow you to learn something and about them and maybe pick them up to read them yourselves. We hope you'll enjoy this. And if you listen to the episode and you have some books you want to recommend to us, we'd love to hear about them. Um, we're always looking for new books to read to expand our knowledge and horizon. So give us suggestions and then we'll maybe read those and do a review on those as well. And I don't think we're going to limit it to just nonfiction. I think we're no. anything that you think that's Absolutely. out there worth a read because I really rely on a lot of people's suggestions about books to read. As do I. I have friends always making suggestions and I have more books on my nightstand than I can ever read. Yes, absolutely. So, Joy, would you like to start and let us know the book you chose and why you chose it and why it meant so much to you? Okay. So, I had a hard time trying to narrow this down. I really did. So did I. One of the categories of books I've really kind of locked on to in the last 10 years or so is books that can help you just improve yourself, generally speaking. I do think it's important to try to improve yourself every chance you get. And this is a category of self that I've been working on for a lot of years. And that is the ability to look for the positive in situations. So the book I chose is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. Okay. I found it to be useful in a positive thinking, sort of positive psychology kind of way. And I can give a whole backstory about why I chose this book. But what I want to do is talk about some of the points in the book that I found particularly valuable and that you might find particularly valuable if you choose to pick a copy up and read it. But the most important concept in this book that I feel just was life-changing for me in a way is the concept that you are not your mind. And there is a little snippet that I want to read, a little quote that Eckhart Tolle writes in the book. And he says, the greatest obstacle to experiencing peace in the present moment is identification with your mind, which causes thought to become compulsive. Virtually everyone has involuntary thought processes in their minds that are continuous monologues or dialogues that we don't realize we have the power to control or even stop. And this is my phraseology here. <laughs> the mind ego is continuously working to protect itself. So that little kernel of a concept was a game changer for me when I began to realize, okay, there is the opportunity to find disconnection there from a continuous negative mindset because being a lawyer you're always looking for 
issue spotting and liability and things like that. And you're always looking to avoid the next potential disaster in many ways. And also, not for nothing, but I come from a family where some family members have a little bit of a negative mindset. And so for me, the idea that you can operate outside of that was just mind bending to a great extent. In other words, who you really are is a combination of deeper consciousness and a more superficial consciousness. So when you can step back and observe the thinker, you are operating from a deeper level of consciousness. And that allows you to manage your emotions better, in my opinion. And that's the non-spiritual underlying concept in that book that for me, I found to be very, very powerful and useful that you can detach from that fear mindset and operate around it. You don't have to continuously catastrophize and look for pitfalls to avoid. It's easy to do that in today's world, especially me being the kind of person that I am from the background I come from and the work that I did for a lot of years. I was constantly looking for the issue to avoid. And I think that really put me in a little bit of a downward spiral. And so this gave me a starting point to find that little gap and just be less of a negative thinker. And a lot of that is positive psychology too. So what you're saying, I think, is it allowed you to separate what might have been negative thinking to a different place so that you could observe your thoughts from a different perspective. Exactly. And that's another concept that Tolle explores. And he talks about it as the opportunity to choose, Mm. right? So the power of choice is probably my favorite concept in this book. And it's one I never understood clearly, really, until I was well into my 40s, to tell you the truth. (laughs) It's the idea that you can choose whether to identify with that negative mindset continuously and your ego, basically, or not. You can choose a different way to be present and to think about things. You can choose to step back and observe your thoughts as best you can and unhook yourself from continuous negative dialogue in your mind. So that's something that was very, very powerful for me and not something we don't teach this stuff in schools. We should. Right, exactly. And we don't teach kids how to manage their emotions and how to understand fear and how to think about that as something that is a useful tool but doesn't have to be your constant mindset right and this book gave me that opportunity to look past the negative mindset and see a different way of thinking basically Mm -hmm. and the other thing Tolle talks about which I find very very useful is the pain body He spends quite a bit of time talking about the pain body and it's a complicated concept. Very, very complicated. And it's not easy to put it in a nutshell. It doesn't lend itself well to sort of condensing into a couple of sound bites that someone can easily walk away with. But in the book, he talks about the pain body as something that arises when we struggle with resisting what is in the present moment and the mind-ego connection and how the mind-ego continues to work to maintain control. Does that make sense? Well, it makes sense to me because I've read Eckhart Tolle. So, uh, but for some people, yeah, it's, a, it's probably going to be a different kind of concept to think mm-hmm. about. Yeah, It's a big one. But again, 
for me, it's a way to manage maybe difficult memories or difficult circumstances or things that you've been through without completely identifying right with that situation again and again because part of the issue is I think we re-traumatize ourselves continuously and this is a way to ground yourself in the moment and be present and get around it because it's easy to downward spiral into a whole catastrophe scenario when you're in a situation where you're remembering something that's traumatic or you just have a big fear response to something. And we've all had things that we've gone through that cause us to have those times in our lives. It's not unusual in this day and age, like for example, COVID Mm -hmm. and you can easily start getting freaked out about that in a way to get around that is by just grounding yourself in the present moment. And that has helped me tremendously. So there's more and more I could talk about with regard to this book, but I will say it's a very, very heavy read. It's not a light read. (laughs) And there's a lot more in the book than just these few concepts that I kind of picked out and talked about a little. But if you want an easier entry into these concepts or his work, you can check out A New Earth, which is... How actually I got started reading Eckhart Tolle and the reason I found out about him is because I watched the Oprah special, the internet special, it's from 2008 and they talked about a new earth and they, I think, I can't remember if it was seven or 10, they went through each chapter, I think it was seven, seven. I did it as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they, they go through each chapter and he talks about the concepts and it's a very easy introduction into his work and if you look at it from the perspective of science, which I prefer to do to a certain extent, there have been great strides in the sciences in the last few decades that kind of point to an underlying reality of what he's talking about in more of a spiritual way, right? So if you think about the advent of positive psychology and read Martin Seligman's book, there's a lot of information that connects in the same way. And I cherry pick the ideas that I find useful, particularly in a context like this, where you're dealing with things that there's no real hard science out there to underscore it, but that doesn't make it any less powerful or useful as a tool. Like, for example, look at how prolific meditation is becoming and mindfulness, those concepts. Right. Those are much more mainstream nowadays and yoga which also kind of factors in to this idea of being present. So I know it might be a reach for a lot of people and it is a long book and there are a lot of people who might be turned off by that and it is a heavy read, but it's if you can put that aside and go into it with the intention of finding tools that you can use to make yourself better right. in the moment, then I cannot recommend this book enough. I really found it at a time in my life where I was going through a lot of changes and I found it just to be really comforting in many ways. So that's the book I chose. And again, if this book is too much for you, but you want to check out Eckhart Tolle and some of his ideas, you can either Google the Oprah, A New Earth series from 2008, or you can get his book, A New Earth and read it. And I don't think you can go wrong. 
Yeah. And I think one thing about his books, or if this is a new subject for you or a new way of thinking for you that, you know, get the book. There's nothing to say you have to read it all at once. Take it in little bite sizes and try and absorb what you can because it is a lot. Mm -hmm. Have you read The Power of Now? I have not. I read the first book. A New Earth. A New Mm -hmm. Earth. And I've read that more than once. Mm -hmm. But I have not read The Power of Now yet. So I may have to pick that up. That's pretty good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, okay. What about you? What's your book? All right. The book I chose is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. And... Um, Love that book. I It's amazing. And I don't recall how I first found out about this book. It may have been Oprah as well, because it was originally published in 1997. But it got a lot more attention when Oprah had the author on her show in 2001 and again in 2013. The author, Don Miguel, is part of a lineage of people called the Toltecs out of southern Mexico. And they were really scientists and artists, but they formed this society to really conserve spiritual knowledge and practices of their ancient ancestors. And so He knew this was a part of his background, and he decided to really dive into it and start learning and espousing their teachings. And as he did so, he wrote this book. So I would recommend learning a little more about him and his background, because he's a a very interesting person. So the book starts out, and this book too is, I mean, I guess it would be called spiritual, but it really is about learning how to cope with our world today and provide some tools that can help you to do that, to make your life more enjoyable, more peaceful, and live more in the present. So he starts out by explaining that our world is made up of all these labels and concepts and beliefs, but that all of these are really illusions and that we're all living in a dream. And I know that sounds (laughs) woo-woo. Mm, this is pretty woo-woo I stuff know, for a I lot know. of people. Yep. But it is sort of this programming we've received from our parents, our teachers, society about the rules we were taught to live by and who we're supposed to be and what we're supposed to think. This conditioning or these original agreements that we have been taught as we've grown up almost teach us to believe that we aren't enough, that we are never enough, that we're always falling short somehow. And yet we continue to hold on to to these beliefs and agreements because it's easier. Oh, sure. Than not. So the three things he outlines as you start to look at these agreements that you make with yourself really are to be aware that you've been sort of programmed and conditioned to think a certain way. Once you do that, to then forgive yourself and forgive others for any self-criticism, harm that's been done to you, and move past that for your own sake, right? To heal yourself. And then to take action to kind of dissolve those old beliefs and that old conditioning and create a new place to position yourself to move forward. 
And so from that, then he outlines these four agreements. So I'm just going to try to go through them quickly. The first agreement is to be impeccable with your word. Now, at first thought, you might think that means to keep your word, but it really means more than that. It really means that you should be taking responsibility for your actions and remaining non-judgmental toward others and toward yourself. And words are powerful, powerful things. And the way you can be impeccable with your word is to say only what you mean, to speak with integrity, to stop your internal negative self-talk, which we all do. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm an idiot. Why did I do that? Blah, blah, blah. And then refrain from gossiping. So those are kind of the four tenets around be impeccable with your word. And that's the first agreement. And it that's probably the most difficult one to do, but is all, it's also the basis of the next three, and it's probably the most important. And, oh, by the way, if say what you mean, mean what you say, and if in doubt, say nothing, which is always good advice. Haven't we always heard that as kids? If you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. Exactly. So I I found that one interesting because the first time people hear that, they automatically think, oh, that means keep your word. Well, yes, it does, but it means a lot more than that mm-hmm. in, my, in my mind and in the way he describes it. And before I go on to the second one, I want to just say, too, this is a short book. It's less than 200 pages. But yet there's a boatload of information in here that I just found so helpful to me in learning how to deal with difficult situations, difficult people, and myself, because I I can be very self-critical. Oh, yeah, me too, for sure. Mm -hmm. So anyway, moving on from that. So the second agreement is don't take anything personally. And boy, we can all use that advice, right? And I think we all tend to do that. This is a tough one too. What that really means is that this is going to help you to avoid hurt and harm if you can do this. But your sense of self should never come from what others think of you. And in fact, what others think of you should be none of your business. Mm-hmm. I forget who says that. Who is it that says that? I don't know, but it is True. somebody famous. But because what they're thinking usually has nothing to do with you. It is typically about something tied to themselves, some issue, some belief, some problem that they're dealing with that really has nothing to do with you. So when you take all that on because of something somebody might say to you or the way they treat you, it's typically not about you. Right. And And so it's what Eleanor Roosevelt always said. No one can make you feel inferior without your consent. That's correct. It's another way of saying that. Same thing. So the whole idea around this is to focus instead upon accepting and improving yourself instead of thinking about what others might be thinking of you. Good stuff. Okay. The third agreement is don't make assumptions. Another great one. It's a big one. And you know the word they say about assume. (laughs) I won't go into that, but we all know what that little saying is. But anyway, in Don Miguel's eyes, the author's eyes, this leads to suffering, which it does, because so many times our assumptions have little basis in reality. And Trying to figure out what other people are thinking usually only gets you into trouble. (laughs) It creates stress. It creates conflict. And the simplest solution to all of this is to ask questions and to communicate. 
communicate clearly, ask the questions if you have them, but don't ever make assumptions that you know what someone else is thinking. And it can get tricky in a relationship because especially like in a marriage or in a long-term friendship, people begin to assume that the other person knows what they're thinking without having those conversations or the Mm -hmm. clarification around them. But keep in mind that one of the things he points out here is that when someone or something surprises you, the failing isn't theirs, it's yours. Hmm. To sit with that for a moment. I know I did too, but I think that that's true because we ma- because we make assumptions that if something somebody says came as a surprise to us, it probably means that we've not had a clarifying conversation or asked the right questions of them. So I see the issue with that. Why people could get prickly about that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you are in a situation where someone does something or says something and it upsets you. You have to ask yourself, why is it upsetting you? Yeah, because you're making it about you. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Ah, there's a little power of now in that, isn't there? <laughs> there is. <laughs> okay. The fourth agreement is the last in this book, but I'll point out later that there is a fifth agreement in a separate book. The last agreement in this book is the fourth agreement, which is always do your best. And Again, how is how can that ever steer you wrong, right? That's something you learn in kindergarten. Always mm-hmm. do your best. Now, the author puts it this way. Under any circumstance, always do your best. No more and no less. But keep in mind that your best changes from moment to moment, situation to situation. And by that, he means your best when you're fully rested is going to be much better than when you're tired. Oh, for sure. Your best is going to be a lot better when you're healthy than when you're sick or not feeling good. So it changes with every circumstance, right? But always do your best. And that's just a great tenant to live by. So that's the fourth one. Certainly he goes into depth in each chapter about those four agreements. But then once you've kind of taken those all in and you start trying to live by those four agreements... And again, not always easy, but they all make sense to me. Oh, yes. Perfect sense. Yes. Um, Then it's time to start breaking, again, those old agreements that you have in place. So facing your fears one-on-one about those old things that you've... Beliefs. Beliefs and conditioning Mm -hmm. and all of that. And that requires your awareness. And what are the self-limiting fear-based beliefs that you still hold that are holding you back? Once you get that figured out, then that leads you to the next step, which is discipline. That once you're aware of these things that are holding you back, have the discipline to change them. Ooh, big one. Yep. Big, big one. And then after that, to then live every day as if it were your last. Because there's a part of this, which is a this part gets a little woo-woo, woo-woo, <laughs> is that around all of this is accepting death. And accepting that that is part of life. But this whole process of learning these things about ourselves and trying to implement these agreements with ourselves within our lives kind of leads you to the acceptance of that, right? Ultimately, yes. Yeah. So my favorite passage from this book is this, and I'm going to read this. Um, Imagine that you have permission to be happy and to really enjoy your life. 
Your life is free of conflict with yourself and with others. Imagine living your life without fear of expressing your dreams. You know what you want, what you don't want, and when you want it. You are free to change your life the way you really want to. You are not afraid to ask for what you need, to say yes or no to anything or anyone. Now, to me, that's freedom. Mm -hmm. And if you can embrace that in your life, to me, that's living. That's the way we're meant to live. That's the art of life, is it not? Part of it? It is the art of life. So that's my favorite passage. So I just love this book because it, it just, it gave me so much to think about. And it did help me to change the way I view things and view myself and view other people. So I feel like I really grew after reading this, even though it's a short book. And I actually went with a friend of mine to see Don Miguel's two sons at a place that's here in North Carolina, out in Boone, called the Art of Living Hmm. Retreat Center. And the two sons came and discussed their father's book, The Four Agreements, and then Don Miguel and his one son actually wrote another book called The Fifth Agreement. And the fifth agreement is to be skeptical, but learn to listen. And I'm not going to get into that now. I may uh, talk about that in another session, but that was the book. But hearing them speak about their father's work, and then they do similar work around your spirituality and becoming a better, better you, becoming more centered, Mm-hmm. A lot of the things that even Eckhart Tolle talks about, they write about those and, and speak about those and try and help others, you know. Interesting. Well, I've heard forward. of them before. The two sons are Don Miguel Ruiz Jr. and then Don Jose Ruiz. Those are the two sons. So, Well, we can certainly put links. Yeah, we can because they the have websites and right. stuff and they do speaking engagements all over. They're considered shaman in a way because of the Toltec heritage that they have. And that, again, I know that gets a little woo-woo, but... It does, but again, I will point out, Don Miguel Ruiz is actually a medical doctor. He was a neurosurgeon in Mexico before... I think he had a terrible car accident. He did. He had an accident. And that changed his world substantially. Mm -hmm. But you're right. It's very interesting, as is... Eckhart Tolle, he also has an interesting background. Yes. And it's funny to me how there's a common thread between the two books that we chose independently of each other. Yeah, we did. There is a bit of a common thread. You have to look for it. The best way to do it is to come to these books and concepts and ideas with an open mind. Correct. And with the kernel of understanding that none of it's really going to steer you wrong. A lot of it is about maintaining a good positive attitude, which we've all always heard, you know, your altitude is determined by your attitude and those kinds of things. We've heard all those things our whole entire lives. So if you can just expand your mind a little bit and sort of dive in, check out these books, especially The Four Agreements. I love that book. I've actually read it myself. And you're right. It is short. Mm -hmm. It's an easy and quick read. It is. Unlike The Power of Now, which is a tome. No, and that and that's one of the things, and I've actually purchased this for several f- friends as well, just as you said, you have your book, and because I figure, you know what, even if they get one little nugget out of it, to me, that's, that's a positive thing. Mm-hmm. I've read it more than once, 
you know, and there's other books of his that I've read as well that I've enjoyed thoroughly too, and may talk about it at a later time. But I hope you'll give these books a try. Again, we'd love to hear from you if there are books that you think we should read, or if you want to learn more about some of the other books that Joy and I have read, maybe we'll post a listing of some of our favorites. Mm-hmm. Um, but we'll be talking about more of these in the months to come. So we'll look forward to hearing from you what you think. I'm looking forward to that too. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate it. We hope you'll join us next time on the next episode of Girlish Gurus. Thanks a lot. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to this episode of Girlish Gurus. We hope you'll join us next time for a new interesting and fun topic. Be sure to check the description of this episode for any links or information about the episode's topics and to find us on our social media platforms. And don't forget to download this episode, give it a good review, and share it with your girlfriends. The more interaction we get, the more episodes we can post. Thanks, everyone. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye.